Hello, and I am delighted to be able to talk to you today about a recent Court of Appeal decision in the case of O'Donovan and Oversea Technology Limited. Now, in my view, this is a really important case, particularly in relation to the termination of employees during a probationary period. Uh, and it changes the law um, from what we had previously uh, understood to be the situation and what employees on probation were entitled to be afforded by way of fair procedures. So it is uh, a game changer for the way in which employees deal with in sorry, way in which employers deal with employees on probation. So just to give you a bit of background to the decision of the Court of Appeal, clearly insofar as it's gone, the Court of Appeal, it was initially before the High Court. Um, the facts of this case were that Mr. O'Donovan was employed by Overseas Technology as its CFO. Uh, he was employed pursuant to a contract of employment, which you expect and he had a six-month probationary period as part of his contractual terms. He had a right to uh, pay in lieu of notice, and the company obviously had a right to terminate by giving him uh, contractual notice. The contract also provided an express uh, probationary period, uh, and that his employment would be terminated if his performance was not up to the required standard. Now, um, Mr. O'Donovan commenced employment in August 2019, and then in January 2020, uh, following a number of, shall I say, substandard performance discussions and related issues, Mr. O'Donovan was called to a meeting with the CEO, and the CEO, in effect, told him at that meeting that his performance was below standard and that the board had lost confidence in him, and that as a result, he was being dismissed immediately uh, with payment of his notice period, so payment in lieu of notice all in accordance with contractual terms. Uh, that decision was confirmed in writing, again in accordance with his contractual terms. Mr. O'Donovan uh, appealed the decision of the Chief Executive. That appeal uh, was set down, there was an appeal manager appointed, but at the end of the day, Mr. O'Donovan contacted the company and said that the date that had been proposed wasn't suitable for him or his legal advisors. Uh, the company took that to mean that he wasn't prosecuting his appeal, and simply affirmed the decision to dismiss him. So Mr. O'Donovan went off to the High Court to seek an interim mandatory injunction restraining his dismissal. Now, it's important to understand what was the law at that point in time. So the law at that point in time was essentially uh, determined by a decision of Ms. Justice Lafoy in the case of Najukes, which dealt with the issue of performance-related dismissals and whether or not fair procedure attached to performance-related dismissals. So when this came before the High Court, um, there was agreement that in order for him to succeed, because it was a mandatory injunction, he needed to establish that he had a strong case, and a strong case that he would succeed at trial. Now, Mr. O'Donovan claimed that the allegations against him, which related to poor performance, were in fact allegations of misconduct, and secondly, that he had an implied contractual right to fair procedures uh, and a contractual right to an appeal hearing, which he was denied uh, based on the facts as I've described. Um, now, as regards, the company uh, had already uh, confirmed to him on more than one occasion that he was dismissed on the grounds of poor performance and not misconduct. And uh, no mention was there any suggestion of misconduct. It was purely a performance-related dismissal. And this was important both at the High Court and then 
that, certainly at the Court of Appeal. So the trial judge in the High Court, Mr Justice Keane, held that Mr O'Donovan had not established a strong case that he was dismissed for misconduct. That seemed to be a common case between all parties. However, he'd established a strong case that his dismissal was in breach of his contract of employment on the grounds that the employer had failed to afford him fair procedures. As I said, Mr Justice Keane relied on the decision of Najukes, which is Najukes and the Institute of Bioprocessing Research and Training Limited, which was a decision of Ms Justice Lafoy and dates back to 2006. So in fairness to Ms Justice Lafoy, it has stood the test of time. And certainly as a practitioner, that's what we've uh, always followed when it comes to performance-related dismissals during a probation period. In that case, uh, Ms Justice Lafoy held that an obligation to afford an employee fair procedures prior to dismissal was not confined to allegations of misconduct, but also applied to poor performance dismissals. So um, an important decision for its time, and one, as I say, that has stood the test of time for quite a number of years. So insofar as Mr O'Donovan was concerned, he uh, got his injunction. It was uh, granted in June 2020, and it in effect precluded the company from terminating his employment pending the trial of the action, and that he was to be paid uh, for a six month, sorry, paid six months remuneration um, pending the trial. Now, the company Oversea Technology then appealed the decision of the High Court to the Court of Appeal, and, and this is where things get more interesting uh, insofar as we are now seeing a change in the law. So the matter was heard by Ms Justice Costello uh, in the Court of Appeal, and she uh, cut into the chase, overturned the decision of the High Court, and she allowed the appeal. She was of the view that it was highly unlikely that Mr O'Donovan would, would obtain a permanent injunction at the trial of the matter um, for a number of reasons. She agreed with the trial judge, Mr Justice Keane, that Mr O'Donovan had not established a strong case, uh, that he was dismissed for misconduct. And, uh, as I said, there's an important feature of the case that there was no misconduct asserted. Um, he could not take it that he was being dismissed for misconduct. Had he been dismissed for misconduct, there is no doubt that the requirement to apply fair procedures would have applied. Um, the company asserted that at no time did they suggest allegations of misconduct, and in fact, Ms Justice Costello uh, very much agreed with that, as did Mr Justice Keane in the High Court. Um, importantly, Mr O'Donovan happened to appeal that finding of Mr Justice Keane, so it was a, a matter of, by that stage of common case that there were no allegations of misconduct. The issue that was left to be decided by the Court of Appeal was whether Mr O'Donovan established a strong case for an injunction in circumstances where he was dismissed for poor performance. Now, what's really important about this case is Ms Justice Costello declined to follow the decision of Ms Justice Lafoy in the Jews, um, and effectively has changed the course in which employees should now deal with probationary dismissals um, in a significant way. The Court of Appeal also said that they relied on, in not following the Jukes, but they relied on the decision in um, Mahalingam, which is a, a well-known decision uh, in this area where Mr Justice Fenley in the Supreme Court confirmed that where allegations of misconduct ground a dismissal, then fair procedures are warranted and must be applied, 
And in the absence of allegations of misconduct, widespread procedures are not applied. In the Court of Appeal decisions, Justice Costello said separately to that particular issue that she was of the view that damages would be an adequate remedy in Mr. O'Donovan's case. She said that given the breakdown of mutual trust and confidence, which had been accepted by both parties, that it would be untenable for a court to grant a permanent injunction restraining the dismissal of Mr. O'Donovan. And she said on that basis alone, she would have allowed the appeal. It's important um, in looking for an injunction or seeking an injunction, you have to address the question of whether damages are an adequate remedy. And she found that in circumstances where, as I say, the breach of trust and confidence had been uh, eroded and indeed evaporated, then damages were indeed the proper remedy for Mr. O'Donovan. So the case of the Court of Appeal, sorry, the decision of the Court of Appeal really does highlight the importance of the probationary period. And perhaps more so now um, than in the period since Najuk's. Ms. Justice Costello found that it was a critical fact that the employee was on probation. And this was a distinguishing factor in relation to Mr. O'Donovan's circumstance. She said that during a period of probation, both parties are and must be free to terminate the contract of employment for no reason or simply because one party forms the view that the intended employment is, for whatever reason, not something which, which they wish to continue. So I think there, it's a really important quote from the judgment. Um, and as far as employers are concerned, it gives uh, a significant degree of confidence in terminating someone during a probationary period uh, for uh, any reason other than misconduct. Um, Ms. Justice Costello uh, said that the trial judge had failed to give adequate, adequate weight to the fact that Mr. O'Donovan, O'Donovan was dismissed during his probationary period, and she didn't accept that a court could imply a right to fair procedures in relation to an assessment of an employee's uh, performance during a probationary period, because she said if that were to be the case, then it would negate the purpose and the benefit of a probationary period. So again, it's copper fastening the idea that a, probation, a probationary period is an opportunity for an employer to make a decision with respect to a new employee when it comes to their performance, whether they are suitable or capable of doing the job. What the Court of Appeal didn't uh, consider because it wasn't required to, was how does the decision, or how does the decision to the effect that Fair procedures don't apply to performance-related dismissals. Apply to terminations beyond probation, um, but within the first year of employment. So, so that's somewhat of an open question. And is the decision simply one um, for a probationer as opposed to someone with less than 12 months service? Clearly, someone with more than 12 months service has a statutory remedy. They can go to the, the WRC for an unfair dismissal. They have remedies uh, in the labour court by way of a trade dispute because procedures weren't followed or because procedures weren't followed. Um, so that's rem those remedies are still available to them, but is it still available for an employee to go to the high court when they are being dismissed for performance reasons? So I do think that's an open issue, um, not just for the first 12 months of employment, but beyond if they are being dismissed for performance related reasons. And it will be interesting to see where the law on, on that does fact go. But 
if you were to come before the Court of Appeal based on this, sorry, the High Court based on this decision, there certainly is an, an arguable case to say that any performance-related termination does not attract fair procedures for the purposes of a, a High Court injunction. What is clear is that employers will be more comfortable in not affording employees on probation the benefit of fair procedures when dismissing them for any or no reason, provided the reason for the dismissal is not misconduct. So what does this mean for employers and what should employers do now on foot of this decision? So prior to dismissing any employee on probation, employees, sorry, employers should review the employee's contract to ensure that they are contractually free to terminate for any or no reason during probation, except for misconduct, without allowing any fair procedures for doing so. So does the contract of employment provide a contractual entitlement to fair procedures? Um, employers should be aware of and should comply with any contractual obligation to include contractual notice periods um, or payment in lieu of notice, so as to avoid a claim for wrongful dismissal. Um, very important feature. And any they should be alive to and comply with any contractual process for uh, employees who are on probation in circumstances where performance issues arise or indeed disciplinary stroke misconduct issues arise. In terms of reviewing your situation at the moment, it would be prudent in my view for employers to look at a number of aspects uh, of their probationary period requirements. Uh, I suggest that all contracts have an initial period of probation. Uh, it's a matter for a company as to how long they want that probationary period to be, obviously not to exceed 12 months um, to include notice periods, but an initial probationary period somewhere between three to six months. Uh, it is also suggested that you have a facility in the contract to be able to extend the probationary period at the employer's discretion. And that that extension, uh, from an employer's perspective, would be done prior to the expiration of the probationary period. It's often the case that employees are not dealt with during the course of probationary periods, or they're not reviewed during the course of a probationary period, and almost by default, they fall over the line and satisfy the probationary period. So it's very important that uh, in, there is regular engagement with employees during a probationary period, and in the event that you intend to extend it, that it is extended before it expires. Uh, the employer should be free to terminate the employment of a probationary employment employee for any or no reason uh, during or at the end of the probationary period, provided that it's not for misconduct, because as I've said, that's where fair procedures will uh, attach, and there's no doubt about that. You should ensure that your disciplinary policy doesn't imply, doesn't apply to employees on probation, save for where allegations of misconduct are made, and that during notice, sorry, during the probationary period, there should be a shorter notice period, usually one to four weeks, um, remembering that you can't go below the statutory minimum during that period. So they're just some hopefully helpful suggestions to take away uh, and learnings from the uh, from from the decision in, in uh, O'Donovan and Oversee Technology. Uh, Management and HR should be made aware of the consequences of dismissing an employee uh, while on probation, having regard to the decision and on the grounds of misconduct to make sure that there is no slip up there. 
Um, so just by way of summary and, and closing, uh, the Court of Appeal decision, in my view, has altered the way in which employees will approach dismissal during probationary periods for poor performance, as I said. Since the Najuk's decision in 2006, employers have been forced to comply, perhaps wrongfully so now, in retrospect with the principles enunciated by Ms. Justice Lafoy in Najuk's, uh, which essentially required fair procedures applying to performance-related dismissals. As I said, what's yet to be determined by the Court of Appeal is the applicability of this decision to the period up to uh, the access to the Unfair Dismissal Act, and indeed in relation to any performance-related dismissal. So it's a really interesting point, uh, and uh, it will be interesting to see where that goes. The decision in uh, O'Donovan clearly raises some very interesting issues and, and may well find its way to the Supreme Court, so it may not be the, uh, the final word. But in the event that there is further developments in this area, we will certainly bring them to you. So thanks very much for listening, and I hope it's been useful.